welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another broadcast of Together With Him. Uh, what um, a, a day. What a day. It's been a good day in that we have experienced and we're experiencing another day that God has made. And even though we're uh, dealing with some issues, and I'm just going to say right now, uh, thanks for joining and uh, together with him. And my name is Sister Ann. And we're just wanting all of the bereaved families to know that we are praying with them and we're praying for them because there's a time in life there's a time in life children saints of god people there's a time in life that there's going to be a challenge it will always happen that's just what life is and we are to pray one for another and for those of of us for those of us who trust and believe God let's just keep those brothers and sisters we'll just call out the names of the brothers and sisters and the families that are going through I'm starting this out right now greetings in the name of Jesus hallelujah But I just want us to know that we just need to be mindful of one another. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for being our God. We thank you that we can trust you, God. And we do trust you. We thank you, God, that you're there even during the time of the broken heart. We thank you, God, that you say that you never will leave us nor forsake us. And you never will. Hallelujah. We thank you that you are faithful. We thank you that even though you're creator, God, you have not left us alone, abandoned in this world. We thank you that you have provided a way of victory that you provided a way of escape, hallelujah, that provision is made, that you promised to provide, and you do provide. And even in this time of bereavement for the bereaved families, God, that uh, are experiencing the loss of loved ones, there was a devastating loss yesterday, God, and this week, God, of loved ones and this past month has been the loss of loved ones here in the greater Kansas City area and we just ask God that you will just reach out and touch each and every heart each and every family member each and every mother each and every father grandparent friends relatives God that you will touch them and know that you are there God Hallelujah, in the matchless name of Jesus, we just ask that you be with us today in these few moments. And while we're gathering together, hallelujah, and we're coming to you, gathering together with you, God, speak to our hearts, God, speak to our minds. In the matchless name of Jesus, we will forever give you all of the glory, 
all of the honor and all of the praise in Jesus name. Amen. And it's so important to pray saints of God. It's so important to pray in these days and times. And, you know, we just, we just asked the question yesterday. We had a a very good time in the Lord. Um, a very good time in the Lord. Uh, big shout out to all of the ministries that support their youth. You know, there are ministries out there, believe it or not, guys, that they don't have funding or anything for youth. They just go in and, and cater to those who can, uh, well, who can give, right? Tithe, offering, whatever. And they just don't have any any time for young people. But big shout out to all of the ministries that do have time for young people because, believe it or not, church without the young people, who will carry on the torch? Amen. Who will carry on the gospel of Jesus Christ? And when, you know, here, my point is going to be this. God told Adam and Eve, he said to be fruitful and multiply And yes, we as a church, a body, in Jesus' name, we are here and we are full of his Holy Spirit in the church. He, you know, it's the body of Christ. And Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But there are churches that are withering away and they, they, they die. And you go in and there's no young people in there. There are no, uh, or maybe very few, maybe one or two. And that really, I can't see that to be God's way. I can't see that to be God's way because in the beginning, he told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. During the beginning of the church age, he added to the church. God added to the church. The Holy Spirit added to the church in the book of Acts. He added to the church daily. Jesus was so mindful of the the children that he warned anyone that if anyone even offended or hurt these little ones, the least of the little ones, the little ones, the children, that it would be better for them to have a millstone tied around their neck and cast into the deepest sea. Hmm. Jesus did not play when it came to children. And uh, church, uh, big shout out to, I get notifications from ministries that are doing things with the young people, giving them opportunities to experience, to experience outings. Uh, the historical Boone Tabernacle was one of them here in Kansas City, Missouri, downtown Kansas City, Missouri. This is where this fellowship is. And they sponsored a trip to uh, far- a farmstead here in the greater Kansas City area. And uh, Labors for His Harvest Ministries participated in that outing with the, with the Boone Tabernacle youth and we had a great time we got to see farm animals and feed farm animals that's what I'm talking about giving young people an opportunity 
to experience life. And, you know, the church, they they funded it. They funded the outing. So, you know, we think about sometimes, you know, people speak negative against the church and say, okay, well, the church, all they want to do is get your money. Well, hmm, there is ministry and ministry does cost. It costs money. And God touches people's hearts to give. That's what he does. Even when Jesus was here, he had a treasurer. Yeah, he had a treasurer. He had a following. Yes, he did. And he had a treasurer. We know who the treasurer was. Yeah, the treasurer was Judas. But God had a treasurer. Treasurer. Jesus had someone that collected money. Hmm? Uh, but it was an offering for ministry. And even in that ministry, come on. See, I'm feeling something here. I, I, I know I know it's God. Even in ministry, what was given still wasn't enough to minister. So when you, and here's the, here's the scripture to help you with that. Remember when Jesus performed the miracle and fed 5,000? Hmm? Yeah, that wasn't enough. He didn't have enough in the treasury to go down to the store and pick up some fish and bread. Some, Yeah, he didn't have enough. There wasn't enough in that treasury. And that's where the miracle was performed. When he fed the 4,000, that's where the miracle was performed. Because the word had to be sown. It had to get in the hearts of the men. And he fed the miracle of the 5,000. It was 5,000 men. These weren't the women and children counted. It wasn't including the women and children. It was just at least the men were accounted to be 5,000, 4,000. So the importance of the word of God. Jesus had to minister. Hallelujah to these men and they sat there and listened, and it was an all-day thing. Yeah, so the giving is so important, very important. And the ministries that do cater to young people, I would encourage you to engage your young people in a ministry that does pour into them. And I'm saying even to be able to minister to them on their level. There's another ministry that that uh, comes online and uh, I believe it's the potter's house yes and they minister to the young people there's online if you can't get your child your children to church encourage them to be ministered to online Uh, that door is open now we as parents and grandparents uh, a lot of times what we do, the, the TV could be a babysitter while we go and do what we need to do, clean the house, cook something, fix something, or whatever, as a distraction. But what about when you can take advantage of these God-given resources huh, where people have given so that ministry can go forth, go forth and minister to young people? Yeah, the um, the young people, there have been within recent weeks, personally, I've known of three young people personally that have passed on. 
Yeah, that have passed on. Now, these were older young people, but we all started out as children. We all started out as babies. And if we can sow into people, children, young, because that's what the world does. Yeah, see, I'm already ministering. I'm not bringing up that <laughs> those slides right now. You know, we're, we're just going to go in the flow of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the the enemy, the devil, the world ministers to your children, ministers to our children. Yes. Huh? How do I know this is true? You turn on the TV and you'll see different movies. If it's not Christian uh, broadcasting or Christian education, you'll see where they'll experience their uh, they're exposed to uh, sex, uh, the first kiss is a big deal. Mm-hmm. First boyfriend, first uh, when you uh, hang out and and have uh, relations with someone when they're having relations with someone that's not their their husband, mm-hmm. child, uh, teenage, first love. They call it first love. And what is it that children are introduced to? All of those, what, cigarette smoking, drugs, alcohol. Yeah, you'll, you'll even say, households will say, well, you can drink when you get older. And the, the adults are making the choices to drink. So they're exposed to those things that are uh, not good for the body, illicit and sinful. Yeah, I haven't smelled so much of marijuana in my life just getting around people in their households. It's a lot. And don't get me wrong, oh girl, uh, Sister Ann, I, I, we've all been saved from something. Yes, we have. We are not, I am not pointing fingers. There is no condemnation. Once you get saved, hey, the past is the past. And God washes away all the sins. But see, you had to get saved from something. I don't care if you were a pew baby. There's a lot of pew babies. Uh, there was a pew baby that we lost uh, the, in this past month. Yeah, raised, born and raised in the church. Hallelujah. Both parents on fire for Jesus. Workers in the church. And this this young person grew up and passed on young just recently yeah that's what happens we live but then it's once appointed to man to die that's what the word of god says we we all will pass and then there's judgment so what do we do what do we do we should pour into our young people and i will even say that yes there's a challenge people no good or bad right or wrong people adults know to make their decisions yeah they know to make their decisions uh, whether or not they want to be saved or be a good person or whatever the case may be but i will challenge you each and every one saved and those that are still playing tug of war with god hmm, saved and unsaved do better do better to minister to children. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, LFHHM uh, labors for his harvest ministries. We are 
we our our format our platform is a family platform yeah we minister to the family and that's what the church does too but we minister in a little different way so we're going to be coming up and sharing some of the efforts that we're working with and working to support and be a blessing to people to the people of God to people period we want to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ and all of his love. Amen, amen. We're just so glad that you decided to join today, that you decided to tune in. And, you know, we're here. Blessings to you, Dr. Anthony Clark. We are grateful that, you know, Dr. Clark, he will give a big shout out every time we're on. And that's support. Now, Dr. Clark, go. he goes, he has his own broadcast. He has his own ministry that where he ministers, he goes in, he teaches, he teaches. And yet he also supports others that are that are ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that kind of says something, doesn't it? You know, to come together because we're on the same team. And I do my best to be a blessing to that ministry as well. But you know, they do their best. And those that are really understanding and on fire for God, they themselves know that we're on the same winning team. Winning team. It may be a battle. We may have uh, be dealing with some battles. But battles that don't go well, Give us an opportunity to see where we need to do better. All right. Yes, yes. Now, we're spending some time together with God. And we just want to know. We want to know that that God is happy with our praise. I want to know that. I do. No matter what I'm going through, how I'm feeling, I want God to know, too, that I love him. Don't you want him to know that you love him? Amen. And that's what praise is all about. Worship is all about. There is a uh, a praise break here. And I'm just going to go right in and share this praise break. This praise break here is uh, a praise break where this is a praise break. The storm is passing over praise break. Amen. Now, this is a praise team and a minister of the gospel. And this is the whole theme of what he's sharing, what this man of God is sharing, what these people of God who are ministering in song are sharing. And the storm is passing over. Amen. I'm going to make sure that we can just kind of hear this. Let me unblock this and get this going. And let's just... Praise the Lord. Amen. Storm was your friend. The storm was your friend. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Huh? We go through and wonder what's going on. Huh? That storm is your friend when you're in Christ. Come on. And I know some of you have been fighting a storm. But the storm ain't going to pass until it finishes. Some of you coming out of it. Shake your hand. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know the 
will help people customize hallelujah thank you jesus okay, just know that the guess. storm is passing over thank you jesus that it won't last long thank you lord why because god is there he's there he knows how much we can bear and he will be with us through our journey a called life no matter what no matter what and we wonder we wonder how can this be how can this be what is it about jesus huh what is it about jesus what is it about our god that that makes him so wonderful well he is god huh he is god he is the one and only true god he is the creator god he is the awesome God. He is. Besides him, there is no other. And God has loved us so. Hallelujah. He has loved us so that even though there are enemies here in this life, there's an enemy of death. There's an enemy of pain and torment, those enemies of suffering, those things that, that bring them on, even though they're there. Our God has said, look, I have overcome the world to be of good cheer. Hmm? Now, Jesus himself walked this earth. Yes, he did. Fully God and fully man, huh? The God, the, the God that became the living sacrifice that shed his blood for the sins of the world to buy us back, to buy our pardon, to pardon us from sin and death, eternal death. Hmm? eternal separation from God. So in death, there's still hope. Hope in, number one, when we die in Christ, to live huh? in Christ is great, but to die is gain. Because here, absent from the body, once a believer passes on in Christ, he is present with the Lord right then and there there's no waiting there's no purgatory no we are with him those who have suffered in Christ and died in Christ saved once they are saved and they pass on they will be with him right then and there amen and that is a good, that's, that's a good hope to hold on to. That's a blessed assurance. Amen. Under authority. Hmm. Jesus, even though, even though he was God manifested in the flesh, he lived a life under authority of God the Father. Yes. He prayed God to God the Father. Amen. He prayed and, and asked God for many blessings. God the Father. 
under authority to show us. Hallelujah. The authority, the importance of authority as human beings. As human beings. One disadvantage one disadvantage of humans, human beings, is, you know, to be hard-headed is to be disadvantaged. Yeah, hard-headed, to, to think that you know it all. To be alone is a disadvantage. Hmm? Where you think you know it all, being hard-headed, uh, being disobedient. And, and obedience is an advantage, but... There's a disadvantage if you don't have someone to be obedient to or to be under. That's a disadvantage. Then you're alone. Yeah. But under authority, when we think about authority in these days and times, you know, flesh and human nature, we don't really want to be under authority. I think one of the reasons why people struggle with being saved is that they, yes, will be under authority of God. Yes, they will. But think of the alternative if you're not saved. Who are you under authority to then? Well, you're under authority of the enemy. Hmm? Satan, this fallen world. So the disadvantage of the sinner, the person who is unsaved, is that they're under authority to a fallen world and someone, a spirit, and his buddies in the spirit realm who want to destroy them, who wants to kill them who doesn't want them to have life and peace with God forever. So that's a disadvantage. But once we ask God, once we surrender to the authority of God in his way that he's made through Jesus, hallelujah, the one who shed his blood on the cross for us, once we surrender to the authority of God through Christ Jesus, then who is our father? Who is our, who is, who is, he's, uh, what, what happens? We get an opportunity to be blessed, to be kept, to be provided for, to be looked after. We get a chance to get in a word, a scripture that he has written for us under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit so that we know what to do. We just don't live on old wives' tales. Uh, or what, what Big Mama used to say and, you know, wives' tales. And we don't live under witchcraft. That's a different authority. Witchcraft, witches and warlocks and soothsayers and just... Just things that are goobly gob, not even scientifically proven, but just goobly gob. Yes, we walk by faith, and it's a big difference. It's a big difference to walk by faith and faith in the Word of God. 
It's not goobly gob. Try it. When you open that word and surrender to the authority of the word of God, huh? God himself in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. John chapter one explains that. Amen. So let's look to, and I was inspired to share this scripture Let's look at Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. Amen. It says, After Jesus had finished all that he had to say in the hearing of the people on the mountain, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a bondservant, who was held in honor and highly valued by him, who was sick and at the point of death. And when the centurion heard of Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to him, requesting him to come and make his bondservant well. So here's a centurion. He was not a Christian. He was not saved. He was, he was a Roman soldier. And as a soldier, you know, the the attitudes and things that soldiers have to do, uh, it's government. It's a different, different rule. And they were rulers and over the Jewish people. Rome ruled the world during that time. And he was a centurion. Now, this centurion was a good guy. Even though he was a good guy, he was still a centurion. He was uh, a big, big honcho. He was the big, big popo in that time. Hmm? All right. Verse 4. And when they reached Jesus, they begged him, earnestly saying, He is worthy that you should do this for him. For he loves our nation, and he built us our synagogue at his own expense. So this centurion, he was not a poor guy. He was high up in the ranks and he had some grip. He had some money. Yeah. And the the Jewish elders said, yeah, you know, this guy, he's, he's a good guy. He's, he's on our side, even though he's in a bad uh, position his job isn't the greatest but he is doing his best with his job so that says something that says something to me there are non-believers out there if you're a non-believer and you're a good person we want you saved we want you saved but it doesn't mean that you have to be a bad guy because you're in a bad situation or bad you have a bad job a challenging job a job of authority you don't have to be a jerk <laughs> Just because you're in a job where it gives you some authority. All right. So this centurion is coming to Jesus and he's sending people to Jesus and asking Jesus to come and heal his servant. Hmm. And they tell Jesus, yeah, go ahead. This is a good guy. He he loves our nation. Now, verse six. And Jesus went with them. But when he was not far from the house, the centurion 
sent some friends to him, saying, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not sufficiently worthy to have you under my roof. Wow, this centurion knew that he was a sinner. And under his roof, there was probably some things going on that was not good. And he himself, even though he did his best to be kind, and yes, he was good, he loved the Jewish people, he honored God so to where he didn't want Jesus under his roof. He he didn't want him under his roof. He didn't want him to come close. Neither, he says, did I consider myself worthy to come to you, but just Come on. So here the centurion said, even I, I wasn't trying to come and get in your face because I know what kind of guy I am for real. Hmm? But here's the faith that the centurion had. Hallelujah. But just speak a word and my servant boy will be healed. Wow. He knew Jesus. Huh? All he had to do was speak a word. He continues, for I also am a man daily subject to authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my bondservant, do this, and he does it. Hmm. So this, this guy was a big head honcho, and he knew how things work worked but even though he was a big head honcho he knew that the authority of who Jesus was was greater and bigger than him and he wasn't trying to disrespect and try to be on God's level no he was under authority he was under authority of the authority of Rome the different levels of generals or whatever under Rome, uh, Senate leaders, whatever, government officials. Yeah, he was under that authority, but he knew the authority that Jesus was under, huh? He knew the authority of who Jesus was and who Jesus is, God, and he was not trying to play that. But in the hope that he also knew that, and he knew what kind of guy he was. He had enough sense to know that his servant was dying. And the only thing that could save him was the request, the healing power, the healing touch of Jesus. He knew that. And he wasn't too shamed. He wasn't too shamed to come and, and send someone. Now, he was too shamed to come to himself because he wasn't, wasn't clean, huh? Yeah, but he wasn't too shamed to send the word because he knew that this was a desperate time, that this man was on his way to die. And that's kind of how we as believers, we need to have that urgency and that Function in our lives whether we're doing right whether God has healed us and delivered us from whatever you know folks still 
smoking, drinking, and chewing, and hanging with those that do. Hmm? Even in that, in our own personal lives, to surrender and acknowledge the authority of God is wisdom. And it's urgent because people are dying. And without the healing power of our God, hallelujah, they will die forever, forever lost. Come on. Now, Jesus, verse 9. Now, when Jesus heard this, he marveled and he turned and said to the crowd that followed him, I tell you, not even in all Israel have I found such great faith as this. That's an interesting statement because number one, when Jesus came to be a blessing to heal there was a crowd with him there were followers now it was probably at least 12 if not more but usually when it's just his disciples we read that it's the disciples hmm, followed him but there were people following him there were others besides the disciples that wanted to with Jesus to see his miracles to experience and to learn and to see to hang out with Jesus yeah he had a he had an entourage he sure did and Jesus himself he he said look not even in all Israel have I found such great faith now this faith I don't know where this man came from. I don't know where the faith of this centurion came from. But I believe he had enough sense to know that even in authority, he knew what Rome could do. Rome had conquered the world. Man had had done great things and had overcome many, many nations. Hmm. the Greeks, and you name it. Rome had conquered the world. So he knew with his natural eye that if Rome, man, could conquer like this, he knew that Jesus was special, and he knew that God was in control, and Jesus was under God's authority, which was the authority the great authority. So in that, I believe that's where the faith came from. Naturally speaking, if we as non, as we believers who were non-believers, hmm, to grow into believing, what is it that we, that we experienced? We experienced, number one, God's word, and we saw it. As we continue to walk with God, we see great miracles, lives being transformed. I know I see it. Lives being transformed, people getting saved like never before. Yes, people are getting saved. People are changing and turning away from sin and turning to God. They are doing it. So 
we can see that authority, that level of authority being made manifest as we as believers go to our God and trust him and ask him in prayer. We can do that. His miracle is the way. His miracles are like no other. We think of miracles, um, things that, yes, we can't do. But what about even the things that we could do? The miracle comes from us seeing and it being revealed to us that we even have a God that can help us. Hmm? To turn from our sin and to turn to God is a miracle in itself. God speaks to our hearts to do that. Hallelujah. Verse 10. And when the messengers who had been sent returned to the house, they found the bondservant who had been ill quite well again. So Jesus, because of the word, the faith, hmm, that that centurion prayed, he said, look, don't come under my roof. Don't come any closer. Just speak the word. Hmm? And the miracle happened. Now, God has given us an opportunity to where we can just open our mouths and speak. Hmm? We can just just turn to him and ask him, sinner and saint. Amen. Uh, what I saw in this scripture, too, and I thought about it, was the reverential fear hmm, or the reverence. The all reverence to reverence God, to reverence the man of God. He knew who Jesus was, this man of authority. Now, what about what about the reverence that we are expected to have? Not so much for man. Yes, we do bless our leaders and our bishops and pastors and evangelists those that that do the work of the lord but we also bless each other too moms and dads hmm? so young people respect honor your father and mother honor your mother that's one way to be a blessing to god amen your teachers I'm not saying folks telling you to do something wrong, then you go out there and do it just because they said it. No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, given the opportunity, just the authority of who they are, respect them. Respect your parents because they're your parents. Yeah, help them, bless them, honor them. You know, we're not, we're not so to where... We're not so great to where we don't need leadership. None of us are great to where we need no leadership. Hmm. And that's something that really the world needs to understand. Because one of the things and the tricks of the enemy that the enemy uses is the pride of life. Where... We don't need a leader. I don't need a leader. It's about me, myself, and I. My, my authority, I'm going to do it the way I want to do it, how I want to do it. That hard-headedness will get, get in the way every time. Hmm? 
get in the way of every, every time. So what should we do? We should continue to look for God as our authority. As believers, he is our authority. Amen. And I want to quickly just show this and let's read the scripture on down through Luke chapter 7 verse 11 through 17. It's not so much. Amen. Amen. Brother William King, we are praying. We just thank God for you and your family. We really do. Man of God, he has uh, supported labors for his harvest ministries with his prayers and songs and music. He's done so much. And we, and I'm going to ask everyone to send a special prayer up for this man of God and his family. Amen, amen. But I do want to read to verses 11 through 17. Now it says, Soon after Jesus went to a town named Nain, and his disciples and a great throng accompanied him. So here's Jesus and and his posse again, coming and hanging out. Just as he drew near the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large gathering from the town was accompanying her. And when the Lord saw her, he had great, he had compassion on her and said to her do not weep I want to stop right there Jesus knows God knows when we experience any loss he knows when we experience any loss especially the loss of a loved one the loss of a child the loss of a spouse he knows when we experience it and this scripture here says that when our God walked on earth, he was moved with compassion. Now, another version, it, it does add that great there, great compassion. Jesus is very compassionate. Our God is compassionate, hmm. which means he doesn't just see us and, okay, go be, go hang out, whatever, just let us go and bear our burdens alone he doesn't do that he blesses us because he sees us hallelujah he sees when we are hurting and he tells her he says said to her do not weep do not weep and i will say that god knows and he sees and he will comfort that heart there's a time for mourning. There is. And he's with us during that, during that time of heartbreak. And then he'll say, don't weep. He'll help us. He'll help you get over it, get through it. Verse 14, and when he went forward and touched the funeral bearer, and the pallbearers stood still, and he said, young man, I say to you, arise from death and the man who was dead sat up and began to speak and Jesus gave him back to his mother hmm. 
So what is that? What is that? I have heard of stories where there have been people who have raised people from the dead. There's been the gift of that miracle where people have been raised from the dead. But I want to share even another profound, more profound hope to know that even at death, when we're in Christ, God is going to raise us up. He's going to raise us up. When he cracks that sky with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, when he cracks that sky, the dead in Christ are going to rise up first. And then we which are alive and remain will be caught up in a moment and in a twinkling of an eye. Mm. So God knows when we are at a loss and he's moved with compassion and he's with us during that time of loss and he gets us through it and he'll speak to our hearts and tell us, okay, don't weep anymore. And he gives us the hope to know that even in death, he is in control that he has made a way. He has made a way to where even that person who has passed on will experience that great getting up morning when they pass on in Christ. Amen. He knew what this woman needed. Hallelujah. And it says, Profound and reverent fear seized them all. And they began to recognize God and praise and give thanks, saying, A great prophet has appeared among us, and God has visited his people in order to help and care for and provide for them. Yes, that is why God showed up. He created us, and he knew Slewfoot was going to come and try to show and raise his ugly head in our lives. But God, hallelujah. That's why we can say, but God, our God himself came. Hallelujah. And they saw it when they saw that miracle. When they experienced the opportunity and had that faith to believe God to heal the sick. And here he did the raising of the dead, profound and reverent fear seized them all. And they began to recognize God and praise and give thanks. We should have that reverential fear. Hmm? That, that awing that our God can do anything but fail. Hold on to that. They had it. Hallelujah. And they declared why. And God has visited his people. God has not left us alone. He will never leave us, nor will he forsake us in order to help and care for and provide for them. That's what he does for us. Hmm? Are you on the Lord's side today? Are you on the Lord's side? Hallelujah. Huh? Bible says, look. The day that you hear his voice, God's voice, that still small voice, it says, harden not your heart. 
her. Don't play all hard to get. Even even the centurion, the the big a uh, big head honcho in the Roman army who was not perfect. He knew he was a sinner. And he knew his house wasn't clean. Even he had enough sense. He had great faith, actually, to know that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords was a healer and is a healer. And the compassion that our God has to know that he has compassion, that he came here to provide for us, to provide a way of escape and where we can have victory, victory over even death. Thank you, Jesus. If you are ready, you want to ask the Lord to be your Lord and Savior. You want to get to know your God and grow in God and experience the promises of God and to have him to be the authority of your life. Pray this prayer. Dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I acknowledge to you that I am a sinner. And I am sorry for my sins and the life that I have lived. I need your forgiveness. Please forgive me for my sins. I repent and turn away from sin. And I turn to you. I believe that you, Jesus, shed your precious blood on the cross at Calvary and died for my sins. And I am now willing to turn from my sin. I repent and turn away from sin and I turn to you. I believe that you, Jesus, shed your precious blood on the cross at Calvary and died for my sins. And I am now willing to turn from my sin. Right now I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. And Lord over my life and my soul. With my heart. I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. 
this very moment I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, transform my life so that I may bring glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. And if you prayed that prayer, you are on your way to having a relationship with your God for the rest of your life here and forever eternity, throughout eternity. Eternally, your God. Eternally, your King of Kings. Eternally, a God that has great compassion hallelujah one that loves us and cares for us and provides for us praise God praise God be blessed amen there are um, resources out at the www.lfhhm.org website and you can go out there and click on the Discipleship Resources tab. And there you'll see a pamphlet called The Prayer for Salvation. And in that pamphlet, it will give you a, a more clear expo- explanation, too, of where, where do I go from here? Hmm? What do I do? What can I expect? So the repentance... Uh, there's baptism in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And then there's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yes, God's power living within us. And then there's the expectation of living in a victorious life. To go on and go higher in Jesus. Amen. To continue on to the end. Hallelujah. Which is really the beginning too. For the believer, just a different phase of existence, of life, eternally at peace with God. He is wonderful. He is wonderful. Be blessed. Be blessed. And know that your God loves you. He loves you, loves you, loves you. And he is there with you every phase, every step of the way. And I love you too. As your sister in Christ, if you have any questions, you have prayer requests, anything that we can help you with in your walk with Jesus, contact us. There's information where you can click to contact us. You can send an email. There's a phone number out there where you can call us and we'll be glad to help. You're needing a church home and anything that a question that you have, young person, call if you need someone to pray with you call and we'll be here to help any way we can and i always say be blessed love god get saved and stay saved and if the lord says the same we'll see you next time thank you for joining the lfhhm broadcast together with him. 
Special thanks to the LFHHM volunteers, friends, and the consultants at Union Rock Hill Films. One God, One Church. Don't forget to check out the discipleship resources at www.lfhhm.org. There are also great volunteer opportunities. Click on the Contact Us tab and let us know you're interested. Be sure to subscribe, like, and sign up to review media notifications on events and updates. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is indeed plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest.